I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 219. We have decided to run an encore episode from our 2021 Love is in the Air episode because everyone loves romance so much and we want to keep that going just one more week. So we hope that you enjoy this 2021 encore episode of Love is in the Air. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unabridged. Today we are doing episode 164. Wow, 164. We're on the latter half, almost to 200. (laughs) Our episode today is Love is in the Air. So let's now get started with our bookish check-in. Jen, what are you reading? So I am reading Holly Black's The Queen of Nothing, which... I'm really enjoying. I was trying to figure out how to talk about this because it's the third book in a trilogy. And the things that are happening at the very beginning are huge spoilers for book two. So I just I just can't really tell you anything. But I will just say in general, it is a series that focuses on a girl named Jude. She is a twin. And they have an older sister named Vivi. And when they were children, I think the twins were eight, they were home with their parents. And this man came to their door and demanded to have his daughter, which turned out to be Vivi. He turned out to be a fairy. He murdered their parents and then took them all because they were his obligation at that point to fairyland. So Jude is a human who has been raised among the fairies, which they are really brutal. They are really cruel to humans. They, they really look down on humans. And so she has basically spent her life trying to figure out how not to be tormented or killed by these people who are, or these beings that are immortal and really, really mean to her. But yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting trilogy because I would say the characters are quite complex and sometimes they are not nice. And Jude herself makes some decisions that are quite selfish and she's just a really complex character, which I enjoy. So I am anxious to see how Holly Black wraps up the trilogy. I will say I've come to really enjoy her work. I think she is great at world building and at creating these complex moral questions. I really liked her middle grade series uh, that she wrote with Cassandra Clare that my son had us read. It starts with the Iron Trial. So yeah, I think she's just a really, really interesting fantasy author. But yeah, so that's Holly Black's The Queen of Nothing, which is book three. Book one is The Cruel Prince. I always think it's interesting, like growing up and reading storybooks and about fairies and the fairies are always kind and beautiful. And and then once you become like young adult and adult and you read books with fairies, fairies are always tricksters and very cruel. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that the way it changes. I do think that's really interesting. And I think some of it's that nature of immortality and what does power do to beings? And yeah, I think that the idea that it might make them cruel is probably 
about right. <laughs> anyway. Ashley, what are you reading? So I'm excited to be reading our Eric Thomas's Here For It. This is one that was recommended to me by Sarah. And so I've been wanting to get to it. And also it is the selection I made for the Uncorked Challenge. So we all have the Unabridged Pod Challenge that we're doing together, but then we also chose our individual challenges. And the one that I chose for January, it's a truth bomb nonfiction book. And so this was a great fit for that because I think that Eric Thomas is really examining his own life and also he's speaking to American society and making observations, really insightful commentary about the connections between the the experiences he's had as an individual, as a black gay man, and also as a person living in America. And so I think it's really fascinating. It's hilarious. Sarah had said that it was a good one because he is so brilliant and also funny. And so it's a really nice combination. And I think he really invites the reader into the essays. Um, She spoke before about how it's broken into sections as essays. So a lot of times we've talked before on here that for people who don't read a lot of nonfiction, sometimes it's harder to get into that than it is one that has more of a narrative flow. But I feel like this one comes together in a narrative way and yet moves from essay to essay. So I'm still pretty early on in the book. And what I really loved early on is just his ability to tell a story and then make some insights that are larger than the story itself. And one of the things that really stood out to me early on is he talks about his experience going to a school where he was one of very few Black students. It was predominantly a Jewish population. And what I loved was he made a lot of comments about being in a bubble. And he pointed out how a lot of times now we think of bubbles as being really bad, but that there are good things about them. And so he made some really interesting insights about that, I thought, in the way that it is valuable to protect children when we can from some of the harder things. And so I thought that was really interesting. But then he gives an example of a situation that kind of popped the bubble for him and how that all played out. And so I just think, you know, he does a really great job with that. And it's really interesting. I really want to read that one. I love that book so much. I mean, that was one of my favorite reads of 2020. I'm really enjoying it. And I know you loved the audio, Sarah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping to get some audio in. I've been reading on my Kindle so far, but I have access to it on audio as well. I'm sludging my way through another audiobook that I'm not going to name that I am not particularly loving. I'm determined to finish it. So I want to finish that first. And then I'm hoping to listen to him read some because I'm excited to hear his voice as well. Oh my gosh. He's so, it is so good. You will love the audio. He's, I mean, him. it's just that whole thing with an author reading their own words about their own experience. You just can't, you just can't beat that. So again, I think, I can't remember if I said at the end, I was a little distracted. There's a lot of noise at my house. So I was distracted, but anyway, (laughs) that was our Thomas's here for it. Sarah, what about you? What are you reading? I am actually, my January was an excellent month of reading for me. I've read, you know, eight or nine books, which is a lot for me, but I've, I feel like I started off really strong with the Lager Queen of Minnesota. And I like that. And I just, I've been going one right after the other. I haven't stopped. And I actually read an audio book that the lady that, that was narrating said that she has realized that she loves to read, but she doesn't ever, when she finishes one book, she does not let 
more than 24 hours pass before she starts her next book because she loses momentum. And so I was like, I'm going to try that. And it's working out really well for me. That's so, so I'm, I think that's I, really, yeah, yeah, I thought that was really, that was actually a great book. It was, it's the lazy genius. I posted about it on my, my Instagram page, but it was an excellent audiobook, and she just gave a lot of great tips. But what I'm reading right now, one of the things I'm reading is Brie McCoy's Come and Eat, A Celebration of Love and Grace Around the Everyday Table. And I got this because for Christmas, my husband got me a, a master class that Brie McCoy is doing called The Everyday Kitchen. And it's just like tips about cooking and elevating your food. And I like to cook and that's a comforting place for me. And so he got it for me and I'm really enjoying taking that. So I got her book and I'm reading it. And I just, I just feel like this is the right book at the right time because she is full of faith, which also, and we share the same faith, which I appreciate. But what she really talks about in the book is how, People like to come to the table together and share meal, meal and it's a place where you can connect and you should be willing to have people come to your table regardless of if your house is not at the right, you know, not looking the way that you want it to want it to or you even if you have to have pizza, but you gather at the table and you share a meal together and you talk. And I think that what it's made me realize is I think why I've struggled so much, especially during 2020, is because like that is my love language is having people over and preparing a meal. And I like to have people eat my eat my food and all that. And I mean, that has all been taken away. So it's just been really enlightening. And I've just realized some things about myself while I've been reading it. So I've been having my mom and dad and my grandmother who are in my little bubble over once a week for a meal and that like kind of feeds my soul. So that book helped me realize some things that I could maybe do to help my, you know, elevate my mood and my mental health. And so I really appreciated it. So I'm still reading it and I really enjoy it. And it's just really like kind of a comfort read for me. So that is Brie McCoy's Come and Eat, a celebration of love and grace around the everyday table. That sounds like such a perfect Sarah book. (laughs) It's like a warm hug, you know, like he's just so positive and it just, I need that right now. So Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's great. And she's a great follow on Instagram too. She's just a very positive person and she has great recipes if you like to cook. All right. So we are now going to move into our, our main topic, which is one of our recurring topics. So this is our love is in the air. 2021 edition. Each of us are going to give a romance book pick. Ashley, what is your pick? I am recommending Talia Hibbert's Take a Hint, Danny Brown. I talked about this one not too long ago on a bookish check-in, so this is a pretty fresh read for me, but I wanted to recommend it because I think Talia Hibbert is a brilliant author and I plan to read more of her backlist. But also I wanted to share Danny Brown because Chloe Brown is the first in the series, but I don't think that you need to read them in that order. And I think Danny Brown is a great place to start with her writing. So this is about Danica Brown, who is 
a PhD student and she's teaching classes at a university and she's very dedicated to her work and she feels like there's not a way to balance that with also being a good romantic partner. And so she's kind of trying to make peace with that. She's had some breakups that have resulted in her feeling like she needs to keep things casual with any partners and that she just can't be successful in the romance department. And then it's also about Zaf, Zafir, and he is the security guard in the building where she teaches a lot of her classes. And they have this rapport where she brings him tea and he has a granola bar for her. And they have, they are always attentive to each other and they're good casual friends, but they don't really have anything beyond that relationship. And then early on in the book, and this is the part I remember, I remember describing this in the bookish check-in, just basically there is an encounter that results in him needing to help her get out of the building. And that is very well received on social media that he swoops her up and all of a sudden there is this social media sensation of this really sweet couple. But of course, they're not a couple. And so then they recognize that there are benefits for both of them to kind of capitalize on that situation and to play up the coupledom. And then things evolve from there. And I think there are a lot of things I really loved about it. I think one of the things I feel like Talia Hibber does really well is looking at all parts of her characters. I think she paints these rich, vivid characters who are complex and who have a lot going on. And she shows how difficult it is to navigate relationships as complicated people. And I just really appreciate that about her. I think that she does that really well. And I thought that was true in Chloe Brown as well, that I just love the way she examines the connections between things like work life and relationships and how that can be problematic. And for Zaf, he has this whole backstory that I don't want to give any spoilers, but there are things in his past that really impact his present ability to, to be in a relationship. So both of them have some baggage that they're working through. And I think that both of them are just really admirable characters. I think that's part of what I really loved is just that she is a great teacher. She is a great scholar. She's dedicated to her research and she can work and work and work and really is pursuing a path, an academic pathway in her career that is really amazing. But then that is hard. It is hard to be a young woman doing those things and to also balance that with being filling this expectation of what it means to be in a relationship and to play that role. And then with Zaf, he has this really amazing ability, partially because of his past, to make these really deep connections and to help people work through hard things, but it is uncomfortable for him and it requires him to open up in order to make those connections possible. And that's hard. And so I just think that all of the problems in the book, I've talked about this before about romance, that I really need the problems to be real and not kind of fabricated. And I feel like she just does that so well with her stories because they are complicated people. And in there's nothing superficial about the problems that arise and the ways that those have to be worked through by the characters. And so all of that I think is great. So again, that's Talia Hibbert's Take a Hint, Danny Brown. And I think it is an amazing read. 
I want to read that and the Chloe Brown one. I haven't gotten to them yet, but they're both on my list. Yeah, they're so good. And the new one's coming out soon. I'm really excited. And that's what I didn't say, but so Chloe and Danny and Evie is the third sister. They're all sisters. And so again, loose connections, it's, you can read the books without each other, but I love that sister connection and it's really sweet in the stories as well. Jen, what is your recommendation? So I had a really hard time making a decision, but I, have- <laughs> <laughs> I know I always want to talk about all the things, but I know it's I- a list for our categories and Ashley and I have one, one book. <laughs> well, I felt like I'd read so much more romance this year. And then when I went back and looked, I mean, it is a huge increase for me, but it was probably like five or six books. So, <laughs> so it felt like a lot, but then when I looked over the scope of the year, that's much more than, you know, the 20 years prior. But- <laughs> It's still a pretty small number relative to a lot of other things I read, but yeah. Whereas I read, I read a good bit of romance. So, and that is definitely my comfort reading. So yeah, 2020 was a year where I needed (laughs) some comfort reading. So that's for sure. Well, the book I have chosen, I really, really love. This is Alexis Daria's You Had Me at Ola. And this one does a lot of things that I really liked. First of all, the two main characters are Jasmine Rodriguez she is an actress who has been, she, she has a moderate amount of fame. She has been on different soap operas, but she has the chance to launch a streaming TV show and she will be the leading the leading actress on the show. The, the show is built around her character. And she really loves the role that she's playing because it's a complex main character who has a lot of nuance. She feels as if it represents her as a Latina really well. Something she's been frustrated with has been tabloid coverage of her life and of her romances have really played into stereotypes. And she has gotten really frustrated by that. So the chance to emerge from that really superficial look at who she is, it is appealing to her that she has a chance to sort of redefine herself. She has the show all set up with this leading man that she had a large part in casting and then something happens and he can't be on the show. So all of a sudden she has a new lead actor to play against. She has never met him, but she knows that he is a good actor. His name is Ashton Suarez and he is famous on telenovelas. He is hoping, so the book does alternate perspectives. So you get his perspective too. And he is also hoping that this show can be a game changer for him. He is ready to step out of the world of telenovelas and to, again, have more complex roles. He would love to go to Hollywood and get some mainstream movie parts, but he needs this to go well. And so he has a lot invested in Jasmine liking him, which makes it really bad when they first meet because he ends up spilling a huge coffee all over her really light colored outfit that she is wearing for their first read through. And the only clothes she has to wear are like gym shorts and a tank top. She's, she's like dressed up. She looks so professional. She's really been thoughtful about what she wants to wear. And she ends up wearing yeah, gym shorts and a, and a tank top to the first read through. And she handles it with a lot of poise, but she is pretty frustrated and she knows it's not his fault, but he also fumbles a little bit with his apology and doesn't handle it in the best way. So their first meeting does not bode well for this to be a great connection on the TV show. 
so as things start to develop, you see that Jasmine, because of the portrayal in the tabloids, is really frustrated by the media, but she also has accepted that this type of fame comes with that sort of attention. Ashton, however, wants to be super private and does not want any tabloid attention. So he goes out of his way not to go out with the rest of the cast when they go out in public because he doesn't want to be filmed. He doesn't want any pictures taken. And you find out eventually, this is a tiny spoiler, but it happens fairly early, that he has a son and he is very protective of his son and he doesn't want his son to get any media attention. So they have all of these just different conflicts in the way that they handle fame and their approach to the world. But ultimately, they both want to make a success of the show, and that's where their connection comes in. They decide that they have to have one-on-one rehearsals to build a sense of relationship. Of course, that gets steamy very quickly. It's a romance novel, so that's not surprising. (laughs) But they also start to be vulnerable with each other and to really talk about their different philosophies about the world and what they think. One of the things I loved about the way Daria wrote this is she has the, the show that they're on is called Carmen in charge. And every chapter starts with a scene from Carmen in charge. So you get this book within a book kind of feeling, you see the script and then it'll play into them actually their actual story. So that was really fun. And you get to meet these other characters. The characters in Carmen are great too. So you get this doubling up of all of these excellent nuanced characters who are really thoughtful about the way that they approach the world. So yeah, I I really enjoyed this one, both because it's a lot of fun. There are some funny scenes. It's really steamy, but also I think behind it, it's considering some really important issues and some issues that... Yeah, that we we all need to think about a little bit more when we consider how the media is portraying different people. So that is Alexis Daria's You Had Me at Ola. She has another really fun series about it's a show kind of like Dancing with the Stars and the three different books each feature a different dancer from that show. So, yeah, she's an author I've enjoyed in the past and will definitely continue to read. So that's Alexis Daria's You Had Me at Ola. My sister has that book and she's going to let me borrow it. (laughs) I want to read it. It looks great. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. Yeah, I definitely want to read it too. I'll be looking for that one. (laughs) So Sarah, what book are you recommending? It's kind of funny because my book kind of like a hybrid of both of what you said. So my book is called First Comes Like. It is part of the Modern Love series by Alicia Ray. And this is actually the third book, but like you were saying, Ashley, about the Brown Sisters trilogy, you don't need, it's not, I shouldn't really say trilogy, but the series, I should say, you don't really need to read them in order. But basically the series is centered around three roommates, Katrina, Rhiannon, and Gia. And First Comes Like is centered around Gia, but then there are two other books called The Right Swipe and Girl Gone Viral that are centered around the other two roommates. It also kind of reminds me of Farrah Roshan's The Boyfriend Project and what she's going to be doing with that series. So like I said, this is First Comes Like, and it is about Gia, who is a Pakistani American who is a beauty influencer on a, like a YouTube type 
situation. That's her job. She's an influencer. She has tons of followers and she makes makeup tutorials. And she, I mean, she lives in California and her family lives in New York. So one day this man named Dev slides into her DMs on Instagram and he, it turns out he is this international superstar who is from a very influential, wealthy Bollywood family from India. So she has some correspondence with him and she really, you know, hits it off and they talk. Well, he leaves India to come to the United States to film a television series and she wants to meet him because they've been talking and all of this and he is very elusive and won't do it. So she decides to take it upon herself and go try to meet him at this industry party because because she's an influencer, she's able to get into high profile parties. And when she walks up to him, he just doesn't know who she is. No. So as we say a lot, hijinks ensue from there. <laughs> but what I and I don't want to give any spoilers because there's a there's a lot happening in this. It's, but it's pretty light. But what I really love it again is I think like a lot of the things that we've all read this year have just dealt with different cultures and how, if we're from different places, how we can navigate and become friends or in this case, lovers or, or whatever. And I just really liked learning about Gia's family and she has, she is one of five sisters and she has a twin and her mom and dad, everybody in her family is a physician except her and she's an influencer. And then Dev's family is really influential, but they've had some some tragedy and it's a little bit fractured and just learning. And like they, they come with from different values and just learning about both of their cultures and how they navigate once they start getting to know each other. It's all just very sweet and they're both pretty innocent. And I, it's just a really sweet, sweet story. I mean, it, it's not, it's nothing that's going to make you cry. It's just, it's just sweet. And there's not much steam until, till like the very last part, there's a little steam, but nothing like some of the other books we've talked about on the podcast. <laughs> so I just think it's, it's really, it's, it feels really current. It feels really empowering for women. And I really like that Alicia Ray is talking about women in technology and especially Gia. She is an influencer, but she's so successful and she has all these dreams of having her own makeup line. And then her roommates, they create a dating app and they are, they are super smart. And all three of them are just, they're just great examples of strong female characters. And they're from a diverse range of backgrounds. And I just, I really appreciate all that. And I mean, that's not the, it's just part of the story. And I just like that. I like normalizing women being powerful and in technology and in this book the women really shine and I just really like that and I love the relationship you know I'm always here for the sister relationship and I love the relationship between Gia and her sisters it is it is just awesome so I like I really liked it and I would recommend you reading it <laughs> uh, yeah I was gonna say I haven't read that one yet but the first two are excellent. I really like Alicia Ray. She is usually much, 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 much steamier than she is in this series. But yeah, she's 
She's really good. I'm really interested to read the other two because I thought that even though Rhiannon and Katrina aren't huge characters in this story, they're, they're there. And it's just really like just the stuff that Gia says about them makes me really compelled to know more about them and their lives. So I just thought it was a really solid romance. It, it was sweet. It had a little bit of steam and I just thought it was really solid. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I realized that I always forget because I don't normally read romances, but I didn't say, but Hibbert's books are steamy. So there's some steam and and Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and also in Chloe Brown. All three of these also would work for the Enterbridge Pie Reading Challenge. So these would all qualify for our romance written by a woman of color. Yes. Okay, we are going to end this episode the way we end every episode. And today we are going to give me one most recent TV binge. Jen, you want to start us off? Sure. So this is actually a bookish TV binge. I absolutely binged the series Bridgerton on Netflix, which is based on Julia Quinn's historical fiction novels. So season one roughly covers her first book. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one. Ashley, what is your pick? So one I am really loving is Letterkenny. This one is a Canadian series and it is set in the rural town of Letterkenny. And there are 5,000 people. At the very beginning, it says, this is Letterkenny. There are 5,000 people. These are their problems. And <laughs> that's the opening. And I, it is hilarious. I absolutely love it. I think that the writer, so two of the actors do the writing as well. And the writing is just brilliant. I mean, it's really witty. It is really crass. I'm totally here for that. But I feel like I should say that it <laughs> does have a lot of profanity. It moves between different groups of people and it really examines them. And it plays on the stereotypes of the groups within a rural town. But then you see more about each of those groups. And so it's just really fascinating. So again, that's Letter Kenny, And I believe it's on Hulu. What about you, Sarah? What's your pick? My pick, I did not realize until I was halfway in the series that it was also bookish because it was based on a book, but I did not read the book because I didn't know and I couldn't stop once I started. So that the series I'm going to talk about is The Flight Attendant on HBO and holy smokes, I started that. I watched the first episode and I thought, hmm, I really should wait for my husband. I think he would like it. And then I was like, episode two. I just, I just piled <laughs> through it. I got up every morning at 5am to watch it all by myself with the dog <laughs> because I just wanted to be able to focus. I didn't want anybody to talk to me and it was lovely. So I did that over the holiday break and I enjoyed it. So it's about a flight attendant who flies internationally. She's on an international flight. She meets this handsome stranger and they have one night together and she wakes up the next morning. He has been, his throat has been slit and she is in bed with him and she doesn't remember anything because she has an alcohol problem. So it is, it was, I just thought it was fantastic. I have not been riveted by a show like that in a long time. And I just, I plowed through those episodes and I thought the acting was excellent. I, I mean, it just was really good. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. And that was a flight attendant and it is on HBO max. Kirk and I like that a lot too. So yeah, I, I feel so guilty. I didn't watch it with David, but I was just like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just going for it. I never get to watch TV like that by myself and like with no interruptions and nobody asking me for a drink or food. And I just was like, I'm going to watch this with my dog and with my coffee. And it was lovely. So it was a little bit of self-care. <laughs> okay. Well, we are so excited to hear your all's recommendations on books, some romance books that you're loving right now. It can be backlist or brand new, but we are always here for your recommendations. So be sure to interact with us on social media at, at Unabridged Pod or shoot us an email. But we'd love to interact with you and we'd love to know what your romance book recommendations are. Thanks for listening. comments or opinions about what you heard today we'd love to hear them you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at underbridge pod or on the web at underbridgepod.com for a list of ways to support us we'd like to thank jared featherstone who composed our theme music strings of light and katie amy of amy photography our podcast photographer thanks for listening to unabridged 